0: part seven chapter seven of anna karenina by leo tolstoy translated by nathan haskell doyle the slipperbox recording is in the public domain read by marianne spiegel levin reached the club very punctually a number of the guests and members arrived there at the same time as he did levin had not been at the club very recently indeed not since the time when having finished his studies at the university he passed a winter at moscow and went into society he remembered the club in a general sort of way but had entirely forgotten the impressions which in former days it had made upon him but as soon as he entered the great semicircular dvor or court sent away his svastchik, and mounted the steps and saw the liveried swiss noiselessly open the door for him and bow as he ushered him in as soon as he saw in the cloak-room the galoshes and shubas of the members who felt that it was less work to take them off downstairs and leave them with the swiss than to wear them upstairs as soon as he heard the well-known mysterious sound of the bell and as soon as he mounted the easy flight of carpeted stairs and saw the statue on the landing and on the upper floor recognized the third swiss in his club livery who having grown older displayed neither dilatoriousness nor haste in opening the door for him he once more felt the old-time impression of the club the atmosphere of comfort, ease, and good breeding. "'Your hat, if you please,' said the Swiss to Levin, who had forgotten the rule of the club to leave hats at the cloakroom. "'It's a long time since you were here,' said the Swiss. "'The prince wrote to you yesterday. Prince Stefan Arkadyevitch has not come yet.' The Swiss knew not only Levin, but all his connections and family, and took pleasure in reminding him of his relationships. Passing through the first connecting hall, And the conversation-room at the right where the fruit-dealer sits levin who walked faster than the old attendant entered the dining-room which was filled with a noisy throng he made his way along by the tables almost all of which were occupied as he looked about him on all sides he saw men of the most heterogeneous types old and young most of them acquaintances and many of them friends it seemed as if all of them had left their cares and worries with their hats in the cloak-room, and had collected together to make the most of the material advantages of life. There were Sviatsky, and Sherbatsky and Neviadovsky, and the old prince, and Vronsky, and Sergey Ivanovitch. Ah, why are you late? said the prince, with a smile, extending his hand to his son-in-law over his shoulder. How is Kitty? he added, putting a corner of his napkin into the buttonhole of his waistcoat she is well, and dining with her sisters. Ah, the old gossips. Well, there's no room with us. Go to that table there, and get a seat as quickly as you can, said the prince, taking care with a plate of uka, or soup made of loats. Here, Levin, cried a jovial voice, from a table a little farther away. It was Trofsuun. He was sitting with a young officer, and near him were two chairs tilted up. Levin, with joy, went to join him. He always liked the good-hearted prodigal Trofzun. His reconciliation with Kitty was connected with him, and now, especially after all his wearisome intellectual conversations, the sight of his jolly face was delightful. These places were for you and Blonsky. He will be here directly," said Trofzun, and then he introduced Levin to the young officer, who held himself very straight and had bright, laughing eyes. Gagin from Petersburg oblonsky is always late ah here he is you've only just come haven't you asked oblonsky of levin hurrying up to him your health will you take vodka come on then levin got up and went with him to a large table on which all kinds of liquors and a most select zakuska were set out it would seem as if the two dozen different kinds of drinks might have offered a choice but stepan arkadyevitch thought good to ask for a special concoction which a servant in livery hastened to get for him. They drank it from small glasses and then returned to their places at the very first, even while they were eating their uka. Gagin had champagne served, and he ordered the four glasses filled. Levin did not refuse the wine when it was offered to him, and he in turn ordered a bottle. He was hungry and ate and drank with great satisfaction, and with still greater satisfaction took part in the gay and lively conversation of his neighbors. Gagin, lowering his voice, told a new Petersburg anecdote, and, though it was indecorous and ridiculous, it was so funny that Levin laughed uproariously till those around him looked at him in surprise. That is in the same kind as, Alas, I cannot endure it, quoted Stefan Arkadyevitch. Do you remember? Ah, it was lovely. Bring us another bottle, said he to the lackey, and he began to tell an anecdote. Pyotr Ilyich Vinovsky sends these, interrupted a little old lackey, addressing Stefan Arkadyevich, and bringing two diminutive glasses of bubbling champagne, and offering them to Oblonsky and Levin. Stefan Arkadyevich took the glass, and, exchanging glances with a bald, ruddy, mustachioed man at the other end of the table, nodded to him, and smiled. "'Who is that?' asked Levin. "'You met him at my house once. Don't you remember? He's a very good fellow.' levin followed oblonsky's example and took his glass stepan arkadyevich's anecdote was also very diverting then levin had a story to tell and it likewise raised a laugh then the conversation turned on horses and the races that had taken place that day and they told how brilliantly vronsky's trotter atlas nui had won the first prize ah here they are said stepan arkadyevich toward the end of the dinner turning round in his chair to extend his hand to Vronsky, who was walking with a tall colonel of the guards. Vronsky's face was also radiant with the good-natured gaiety that reigned in the club. He leaned his elbow on oblonsky's shoulder and whispered some words in his ear with an air of good humor and extended his hand with a friendly smile to levin. I am very glad to meet you, said he. I looked for you after the elections, but they told me you had gone. Yes, I went away the same day. We have just been speaking of your trotter. It was a very fast race. Yes, it was. Haven't you race horses, too? I? No. My father had horses, and I know about them. Where did you dine? asked Stefan Arkadyevitch. At the second table, behind the columns. He has been loaded down with congratulations. It's very pretty. A second imperial prize. I wish I could only have the same luck at play as he does with horses. Now, how they waste golden time! I am going to the infernal Neya, said the tall colonel and he left them that's yashvin said vronsky to trotsuin and sat down in a vacant place near them having drained the glass of champagne which was filled for him he also ordered a bottle either from the effect of the wine which he had drunk or from the social atmosphere of the club levin talked cordially with him about the best breeds of cattle and was happy to feel no more hatred against his former rival he even told him among other things that he had heard from his wife of the meeting which had taken place at the house of the Princess Maria Beresovna. Ah! The Princess Maria Beresovna! She's a charmer, exclaimed Stefan Arkadyevich, and he told an anecdote of the old lady which made everyone laugh. Especially Vronsky laughed so heartily that Levin felt perfectly reconciled to him. Well, gentlemen, have we finished, said Oblonsky, getting up and smiling. Then let us go. End of chapter 7